0: Daily beans, daily beans. Daily beans,
3: daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, August 28th, 2023. Today, a white gunman with swastikas on his AR 15. Opened fire in a Jacksonville, Florida, Dollar General killing three black people in a racially motivated attack. A new U.S. intelligence report shows Russia is laundering propaganda through unwitting Westerners. A Texas judge blocks a ban on gender affirming medical care for minors. There are now more sexual misconduct claims against CPAC's Matt Schlapp. And Fox News has apologized to a Gold Star family for lying about the remains of their fallen relative. I'm Alison Gill.
2: And I'm Dana Goldberg.
3: Hey, Dana, how are you? I'm good. How are you? You sound like you got a little cold or something. (laughs) I'm a little tiny bit under the weather. Might be losing my voice from uh, the speech I gave at Glenn Kirshner's Justice Gathering this weekend. Um, But uh, all is well just maybe allergies or something. I, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I've tested negative good, for the good, Rona. stay healthy, please. And everyone out there listening, please stay healthy. Apparently COVID's
2: on the rise again. I know mm. four people in different cities across the country that are positive as we speak. So please mm. just protect yourselves.
3: Yep, mask up and, uh, you know, travel safe, stay home when you can. And we have a lot of news today, a lot of heavy news today, uh, Dana. So I wanted to talk about a few a few things before we get to the hot notes, uh, including the fact that a white gunman who opened fire in that Jacksonville Dollar General store that I brought up in the headlines, uh, that shooting resulted in the death of three black people. Law enforcement calls it racially motivated. But that person, that gunman, Dana, first tried to enter the campus of a nearby historically black college. Oh, God. But was turned away. Thank God. They were turned away. And that's according to a notice from that school The man who I'm not going to name, 21-year-old white supremacist from Clay County, Florida, was denied entry to Edward Waters University by a security officer and local law enforcement was alerted. Quote, the individual refused to identify themselves and was asked to leave. That's a statement from the school adding that the person returned to his car without incident. Now, this shooter donned a bulletproof vest and a mask before heading to the Dollar General store less than a mile away and just opening fire. That's according to Jacksonville Sheriff T.K. Waters in an interview on CNN on Saturday. Armed with an AR-15 type rifle, inscribed with swastikas and a Glock handgun, killed two male victims, 19 and 29, inside the store and one female victim, aged 52, in the car park outside the store before fatally shooting himself. So I, I want everybody to listen to part of a clip From State Rep Angie Nixon, Florida State Representative Angie Nixon. She was on MSNBC today on the Yasmin Vesugian show. And uh, everyone needs to follow her on social media and and take a listen to just a bit of what she had to say. But again, you have a governor who cares more about pandering to a base of voters, not even caring about what's happening here in our state of Florida and the 8,000 educator shortage that we have, right? The property insurance crisis that we're dealing with, the rising rent cost. No, he wants to be be vindictive to black folks because it gives him points in poll numbers. That's, That's what we're dealing with.
2: America, you are in danger, girl. We must stop Ron DeSantis in his
3: tracks. I am not an angry black woman. I am a woman who is speaking truth to power to let you all know this man means us no good. And it is evident by what transpired here yesterday in Jacksonville, Florida. So, everyone, I recommend you watch the entire clip. I have now, since we've recorded this show, I have retweeted the clip in its entirety on Twitter at Mueller, she wrote. You can watch it if you haven't already. Again, her name is Angie Nixon. Follow her. She is uh, a very important voice in Florida in the state legislature. All right. uh, We have a lot of just there's so much news to get to. So uh, let's do it. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes.
2: All
3: right. This is a a warning. And, you know, I've been sounding this alarm (laughs) since 2015. Uh, But Russian intelligence is operating a systematic program to launder pro-Kremlin propaganda through private relationships between Russian operatives and unwitting United States targets and other Western targets. And that's according to newly declassified U.S. intelligence. U.S. intel agencies believe that the Russian Federal Security Service, the FSB, is attempting and has influenced public policy and public opinion in the West by directing Russian civilians to build personal relationships with influential U.S. and Western individuals and then disseminate narratives that support Kremlin objectives. That's obscuring the FSB's role through layers of ostensibly independent actors. Quote, these influence operations are designed to be deliberately small scale, the overall goal being U.S. and Western persons presenting these ideas seemingly organically. That's a U.S. official authorized to discuss the material speaking to CNN. They go on to say the co opti influence operations are built primarily on personal relationships. They build trust with them and then they can leverage that to covertly push the FSB's agenda. Makes you wonder about some certain blue check marks on Twitter who began pushing Durham-backed narratives. Absolutely. For example. Um, So, and there's just so many instances out there. Large accounts seemingly upset with leaders of our uh, institutions and agencies without the facts to back them up. That's the kind of thing we're talking about here. But mostly pro-Putin, pro-Kremlin propaganda that is anti-Ukraine. Now, the campaigns have sometimes been effective at planting Russian narratives in the Western press. Maxim Grigorev, who heads the Russian NGO, made multiple speeches to the UN presenting a false study that claimed the humanitarian group The White Helmets, which operates in Syria, was running a black market for human organs and had faked chemical attacks by Syrian President Bashar al-Sad, which is, by the way, a talking point of Tulsi Gabbards, with whom Russia is allied. Now, those claims eventually found their way into a television report on OANN in the United States. That's according to just open source materials. In a lengthy response that included photographs and details of his reporting in Syria, the OANN reporter said he stood by his reporting and stated it was based on first-hand accounts from trips to Syria that were not organized by Russian agents. Mm-hmm. Quote, I do not rely on Russian sources, agencies, or informants for my stories. That's Pearson Sharp. Writing in an email, I stand by my report on the white helmets, and any journalist who saw what I saw would do the same. CNN has reached out to Grigoriev. The official stressed that the Western voices that eventually became mouthpieces for Russian propaganda were almost certainly unaware of the role that they were playing. I'll say that again. Unaware of the role that they were playing. This is common And you might be pushing Russian propaganda and not know it. Probably not the people who listen to this.
2: Well, I think there's a lot of people that on the right that definitely
3: are. And even
2: on the left, some people. Just be careful.
3: Yes. If you see something that makes you mad and you retweet it because it makes you mad, not because it's fact-based, stop for a second. Just stop for a second and think about it. Because that's how they get you. I've done it back in the Bernie Sanders days. I'm sure
2: I probably have, too.
3: Damn exit, right? Hillary just ran a rotten campaign in the Midwest, right? That's a Russian talking point. <laughs> like, it's, it's out there, and it's designed to specifically uh, target you. That's why Cambridge Analytica sold all of our Facebook shit, so they could psychographically target us. They know what makes us upset. The official also said, at the end of the day, this unwitting target is disseminating Russian influence operation, Russian propaganda, to their target public. Ultimately, a lot of these are unwitting people. They remain unaware who is essentially seeding these narratives. The intelligence provides several examples of Russian civilian co-optees doing the bidding of the FSB. One man, Andrei Stepanenko, founded a media project in 2014 that sponsored journalists from the United States and the West to visit eastern Ukraine and learn, quote, the alleged truth about what was happening in the region. In fact, the FSB directed his efforts and almost certainly financed the project according to the declassified intelligence. Now, the U.S. official also cited Natalie Berlinova, the founder of a Russian NGO who routinely coordinates with FSB-funded public diplomacy efforts aimed at influencing Western views. In 2018, she visited, had meetings with, and hosted events at multiple U.S. think tanks and universities in New York, Boston, and D.C., work that was funded by the FSB. Her conduct was already public, She was indicted earlier this year on charges of conspiring with the FSB to act as an illegal agent of Russia inside the United States, although she remains at liberty in Russia. She's on the lam. Berlinova, in an email to CNN, denied that her U.S. trips in 2018 were financed by the FSB. Okay. Quote, (laughs) all travel and expenses were financed by a grant that we previously received from the Presidential Grants Fund, the main grant operator of Russia, she said. The FSB of Russia did not give me any money. Uh, Okay. Okay. Russia gave you the money, just not that part of Russia. Cool. The official declined to offer specifics to back up the intelligence community's assertions that the FSB is funding this kind of operation, but noted that once officials were able to establish FSB backing, it is easy to trace the narratives they're pushing to open source materials. Quote, once you're aware Of who these people are and their association with the FSB by nature of what they're doing. They have very, very public personas. And so I would just say it's not really difficult to kind of follow the strings. (laughs) (laughs) The US official declined to say whether Russia had used these same tactics to try to influence US elections. Narrator, it did.
2: Now, AG, not to pump up a a podcast that's not on our family of podcasts, but Rosie O'Donnell has a podcast called Onward. And one of her guests is reality winner. And I had not paid. I knew about the story and I knew what had happened. But this podcast with reality is so fucking good. So if you have any questions about like what happened with that reality went to prison for five years for the same crime that Donald Trump is now what? 37 counts on
3: with the Espionage Act. Well, she disseminated.
2: But yeah, correct. But that's what the, the charge was. That's what the charge was. Anyway, if, if just because we're talking about Russian interference and stuff, uh, if you if you're interested, you got to listen to the podcast with her. It's it's the whole thing's fascinating.
3: It is. It's a brilliant episode. Uh, we also have, and I am all about podcasts that aren't part of the MSW Media family. I don't watch. Okay, it. I just want to,
2: you know, I don't. We're we're family. We support each other. But
3: a hundred percent. But I've listened to that episode, and it's brilliant. And then there's also an old Mueller she wrote uh, oh. called called hashtag reality winner before she was free where where I speak to her mother. Oh yeah. And so that's a, that's a great episode too. So I really, really recommend to check out Rosie O'Donnell's podcast just in general because she's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but also that episode. And then if you want to listen back to some old kitchen table, uh, (laughs) Mueller, she wrote, uh, about reality winner. We've got one back in the old archives as well.
2: Yeah. It's just all tied together. It's crazy how all this is. I mean, this has been ongoing. Anyway, we're going to head down to Texas. This is from the Associated Press. Now, a Texas judge on Friday actually blocked the state's upcoming ban on gender-affirming medical care for the minors. Uh, That's the latest in a legal fight over efforts by conservatives, as we know, to restrict such care around the entire country. Now, what's interesting, the decision came on the same day that Missouri judge ruled that a similar law can take effect. Well, a group of families and doctors sued to block the Texas law, arguing it would violate parents' rights and have devastating consequences for transgender children and teens who would be denied treatment recommended by their physicians and their parents, which is where it should come from. Now, the ruling landed just ahead of the September 1st start date for the ban. The Texas Attorney General's office was expected to quickly file an appeal to let the law take effect because he's a dick. Now, in Missouri... The ruling by the St. Louis Circuit Judge Stephen Omer meant that beginning next week, healthcare providers are prohibited from providing gender-affirming surgeries to children. Now, by the way, the facts are there's not a lot of children that are getting gender affirming surgeries. This is this, this is a misnomer that the right is using on a massive level with numbers that is just bullshit. So this is one of the things that the talking points we have to counteract. Now, minors who began, this also says, minors who began puberty blockers or hormones before Monday will be allowed to continue on those medications, but other minors won't have access to those same drugs. And that's the crux.
3: That's what Absolutely. they're trying to do is just basically take puberty blockers away from minors under the guise of... Uh, you know, uh, gender affirming surgeries and, uh, you know, all this other uh, kind of boogeyman scare tactics.
2: And there's also a catch 22 because these same people are arguing that in sports, trans girls need to start taking puberty blockers earlier. But this is saying we're not going to allow you to take puberty blockers earlier. It's just all bullshit. And it's just a big circular clusterfuck. Now, some adults, by the way, they're also going to lose access to gender-affirming care under this ban. Medicaid no longer will cover treatments for adults, and the state isn't going to provide those surgeries to prisoners anymore. Now, physicians who violate the law, they face having their licenses revoked and being sued by patients. The law makes it easier for former patients to sue, giving them 15 years to go to court and promising at least $500,000 in damages if they succeed. This is craziness. The ACLU of Missouri, Lambda Legal, and Brian Cave lighten Paisner. last month, they all sued to overturn the law on behalf of doctors, LGBTQ plus organizations, and three families of transgender minors, arguing that it's discriminatory. It's also fucking unconstitutional. They asked that the law be temporarily blocked as the court challenge against it plays out. Now, the next hearing in the case is scheduled for September 22nd. But Omer wrote that the plaintiff's arguments were, in a quote, unpersuasive and not likely to succeed. Again, that's the judge in Missouri. Now, this is another quote. The science and medical evidence is conflicting and unclear. No, it fucking isn't, by the way. This is from Omer. Accordingly, the evidence raises more questions than answers. No, it doesn't. As a result, it has not clearly been shown with sufficient possibility of success on the merits to justify the grant of a preliminary injunction. The law expires in August of 2027. Huh. Yeah. proponents so of the law argue gender-affirming medical treatments are unsafe and untested, also not true. Every major medical association in the United States, including the American Medical Association, they have all opposed bans on gender-affirming care for minors and supported the medical care for youth when administered appropriately. That's all we're all fighting for. Lawsuit, at least that are on the right side of history. Lawsuits have been filed in several states where bans have been enacted this year. And the president of the regional Planned Parenthood has pledged to, and I quote, work with patients to get the care they need in Missouri or in Illinois, where gender-affirming care is protected under state law. Well, the Food and Drug Administration approved puberty blockers 30 years ago to treat children with precocious puberty. And that's a condition that causes sexual development to begin much earlier than usual. Sex hormones, synthetic forms of estrogen and testosterone, those were approved decades ago to treat hormone disorders and for birth control. Now, the FDA has not approved the medication specifically to treat gender-questioning youth. But they have been used for many years for that purpose off-label, a common and accepted practice for many medical conditions. Doctors who treat trans patients say those decades of use are proof the treatments are not experimental
3: and they're not. Yeah. I'm not sure why the FDA just doesn't approve it for that. I don't understand either, but I don't even know the FDA these days. Might be a good, well, the Biden administration might be a good thing to call in about. Yeah. All right. Next up from Arnsdorf and Reinhardt at The Post. A senior board member of the parent organization behind the prominent conservative political action conference, CPAC, who resigned on Friday, urged an independent investigation into additional allegations of sexual misconduct against Chairman Matt Schlapp, the vice chairman of the board of the American Conservative Union, Charlie Garo announced his resignation on Friday in a letter to other directors that called on them to authorize an investigation, including any additional allegations that they or staff have become aware of. And that's according to multiple people familiar with the letter. Earlier this year, Schlapp was sued for alleged sexual battery and defamation by a Republican campaign operative who claimed that the CPAC leader groped his crotch during a campaign trip last fall. Of course, Schlapp has denied that claim. In addition to the lawsuit, Some board members and staffers have been told about other incidents involving Schlapp and two younger men, multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation said. In one incident, a staffer said Schlapp attempted to kiss him while drinking late after work at a function in 2017. The staffer also provided documentation from that night to The Washington Post showing physical contact that the staffer said was unsolicited. In another instance, Schlapp allegedly made unwanted physical advances on someone else's employee during a CPAC business trip in Palm Beach, Florida. That was in 2022. Also, according to multiple people informed of the incident, the alleged victim did not respond to requests for comment and Schlapp did not respond to requests for comment. And here's a quote these allegations are completely fabricated and represent a blatant attempt by Mr. Garreau and a disgruntled individual to force Mr. Schlapp to step down. That's Matt Smith, a member of the ACU executive committee, in a statement on Saturday. Quote, only when it became clear that he was not going to be reelected to the board did he fabricate these false allegations. Now, Garreau noted he made no allegations in his resignation letter. Quote, I simply said there needs to be an investigation into any allegations. So interesting that you just came forward and said that there were allegations. Uh, In a statement released after his resignation Friday, he said, I will continue to pray that the difficulties they're encountering will be dealt with openly and honestly. I'm calling on my former colleagues to authorize an independent investigation into the charges against Matt Schlapp, to conduct an independent forensic audit of the organization's finances, and to obtain written opinion of counsel that the organization is in full compliance with its own bylaws and all applicable law, and to thoroughly review all exit interviews of the large number of staff who have recently left, unquote. (laughs) CPAC did not respond to requests for comments. Another former employee, Regina Bratton, notified the U.S. Equal Opportunity Employment Commission, that's the EEOC, in January of plans to sue over claims she was fired in retaliation for complaining about a co-worker's sexist and racist comments. There's sexism and racism at a Republican conservative what? organization. I know. Unbelievable. Absolutely. I'm totally shocked. Uh, so anyway, Schlapp and the CPAC have not responded. That sounds funny, like a weird cop show. Schlapp and the CPAC. Uh, oh, my God. <laughs> have not responded to questions about Bratton from the Post. So that's what's going on there. He's just a disgusting guy.
2: I mean, ugh, I can't. All right. This last story in the segment from CNN. It seems Fox News piece of shit organization, uh, apologized Saturday to a Gold Star family for publishing a false story last month claiming that the family had to pay $60,000 to ship the remains of their fallen relative back from Afghanistan because the Pentagon refused to pay. This is a quote, the now unpublished story has been addressed internally, and we sincerely apologize to the Gee family. That's from Fox News spokesperson. That's what they said in a statement referencing the family of the fallen Marine Sergeant Nicole Gee who was one of the 13 service members killed in a terror attack on the Kabul airport in 2021 while assisting with U.S. withdrawal efforts. Now, the apology came after a Military.com report this week drew attention to the issue and indicated that the right wing outlets top executives have repeatedly been notified by senior members of the Marine Corps that it was pushing a false story. Now, in an email to Fox President Jay Wallace and other network personnel, Marine Corps spokesman Major James Stenger privately accused the outlet of capitalizing off Gee's death to score cheap clickbait points. That's according to documents obtained by military.com through a public records request. I happen to agree with the Major. Now, Stenger, who is the top spokesman for the Marine Corps, added that he viewed the behavior of Fox News as disgusting. Initially, after being notified about the false report, Fox News only changed the headline on the story to attribute the claims to Republican Rep Corey Mills of Florida, who had advanced the narrative but later recanted. The outlet later scrubbed the story from its website without a correction or explanation. Just, uh, eh, it's gone. It remained deleted on Saturday after the apology. Now, deleting an entire story is exceedingly rare in news media and it's seen as a last ditch measure if the entire premise of the article is incorrect. Deleting a story without offering readers an explanation or correction is widely considered to be unethical. What? Fox News was unethical? (laughs) Get the fuck out. (laughs) No. I know. In this case, Fox News did not publicly address the incident until the Military.com story ignited backlash against the outlet. While unethical, the behavior is very typical of Fox News. Now, the outlet often breaks traditional news ethics, if you will, and traffics in dishonest reporting and commentary. They often just make fucking stories up these days, by the way.
3: (laughs) Yeah, ask him how that last defamation suit went. Uh 787.5 million dollars later and uh how's Tucker Carlson doing these days? Is he still there? No. And check him out on Twitter. Gosh, isn't Isn't there a 2.7 billion dollar Smartmatic lawsuit coming up? Oh goodness sakes. Yeah, yeah. Super shocker, but it's disgusting that they would do this to the military. So, but, you know, because of Tuberville, because of Republicans, we don't have a commandant of the Marine Corps to, to, to come forward and be be upset about it. So anyway, that is the news. And so as you can tell by the news today, we need some good news. And you could send us your good news at dailybeanspod.com. Just click on contact and fill out that form. And we will read you the good news that we have in our inbox this week as soon as we come back from this quick break. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back.
0: After these messages, we'll be right back.
3: Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Who likes good news? Everyone, then good news, everyone. <laughs> good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Mud or What the heck Hecwine or... You have a shout-out for a loved one or a small business in your area that could use some support or your small business. I know we have a lot of makers and creators out there in the Leguminati universe. Um, Or if you just want to send some pod pet tax in. And if you don't have pod pet tax to pay, you can send us an adoptable pet in your area. Any kind of story. I love whoopee stories and blankie stories, uh, frog orgies, baby pictures for Dana. Send it to us at dailybeadspod.com and click on contact. And also, I just want everybody to know, Dana's on the road. And so we are you going to be using her Zoom audio? And that that's why it's maybe not as crisp and clear as you're used to hearing. Uh, but we, we, you know, I'm not going to not have a show with Dana just uh, because we you. have to use Zoom audio.
2: Although tomorrow we might not have a show with Dana. And then the next day, just so you know, but I will be back in your ears when I can this week.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, it might be Tuesday. But, you know, it's, you're on the road. So we're playing it by ear, but you'll be here as often as you possibly can. And with that, let's get to the good news. First up from Dinosaur David, pronouns he and him. This is a bit of an odd one for good news, and it might make you both feel a little old. Sorry. <laughs> when I was very young, one of the greatest movies of the 90s was released. I've seen it countless times on VHS, DVD, Blu-ray, and even streaming. I've read the books and enjoyed them all, but I was too young, six years old, to watch it in the movie theater, in the cinema, in 1993. Well, this week, for the 30th anniversary, they released it in theaters near me. So as I write this, I'm sitting down to Jurassic Park in IMAX. For pet tax, I have my pet dinosaur, Burb. She is lovely and a funny bird. And yes, birds are dinosaurs. Love the (laughs) show. Keep up the good work. Uh, Roar. Please do a dinosaur roar. It would be funny. I can't oh, that do was a, a good one. no, that
2: was actually like a good turn to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a velociraptor, I think.
3: Yeah, velociraptor. but oh my look God. at the look at the beautiful burb. Hello burb.
2: Oh, sweet Hi, burb cute thank you that's actually a very pretty bird this is all full of birds and kitties today all right this is from jarvis pronouns she and her this is both a shout out to a working girl and a pet tax i'm a veterinarian and a tech i know works with a shelter it's the kitten time of year so she raises a lot of kittens kittens are messy and demanding and a lot of work so enter little mama cat she was found by someone earlier in the summer very pregnant and proceeded to have five or six kittens despite being young she turned out to be a good mama When they were old enough to be eating solid food, I feel like this should be story hour. When they were old enough to be eating solid food, a singleton kitten was brought in. My friend thought they would (laughs) just see what would happen and put the new baby in, then move the older ones out. Now, little mama immediately started caring for this baby. This kitten thrived, and when it was reaching weaning age, someone brought in a litter of five tiny orphan babies. My friend thought, should we partially bottle feed? But if the little mama just kept them clean and taught them how to be kittens, it would be a big help. Nope. Little mama pretty much said, give them here. I've got this. Scheduled to be spayed shortly after Labor Day. She's earned the rest. And my daughter is hoping to adopt her. She's the sweetest little girl. And look at these little kids.
3: How cute. So she's just like, nope, I'll nurse them all. Bring them all. Back it up. I got this. Back that shit up. (laughs) So cute. That's wonderful. Jarvis, thank you for that submission. I love kittens so much. Mm. Next up from Anna Marie, she, her. Dear Leguminati, I wrote in a couple months ago about getting my dream job teaching Spanish at the high school in my home district. So now I give you my happy place, my new classroom. Oh, I love this. I went into school all last week, my school district doesn't start classes until after Labor Day, to clean up, decorate, organize. I even painted a partial wall where a giant bookshelf had been moved when earthquake supports were put in last year. Shh, don't tell the administration. It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, but they'll never know because no one saw me painting the wall. Ha ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) Notice there are no tables or desks. We do a lot of standing and moving around. In the total immersion technique I teach, awesome. So the space feels very open. And if it looks like a kinder classroom, it's because I'll be teaching all first year Spanish. Maybe kinder classroom? By the end of the class, students will be able to speak Spanish at a native speaker toddler level. Wow. I can't wait to meet my students. And I already know and love most of the staff as I've been subbing there for years. Now it's mine, all mine, ma ha ha ha. And I can't tell you how happy I am. I added the evil (laughs) laugh. Oh, look how beautiful. This is fantastic. I won't tell anyone about the wall.
2: That is amazing. Gorgeous.
3: As always, thanks for all you do. I love the Beans community. I, loves, I love the Beans community. Thanks, Anna Marie. And congratulations again. I'm so excited for you.
2: Absolutely. All right, this next one's from Anonymous, pronouns she and her. Hi, Beans queens. I would like to tell you about my fabulous sister, who's the owner and creative director of Knit Me, So Me. Cute, S-E-W, Knit Me, Sew Me. Based in the San Fernando Valley. My sister has been knitting, crocheting, and sewing for over 50 years. She makes the most beautiful handcrafted items for babies, young boys and girls, adults, kittens, scarves, caps, hats, gloves, and so much more. Her handwork is impeccable and absolutely stunning. Same girl, same. You can find her website at knitme, not plural, knitmesome.com. Thanks for all you do. I listen every morning when I start my work day. Allison, I live in San Diego and hope to run into you someday. A glass of wine or whatever beverage you prefer is on me.
3: Ha <laughs> ha. Look at these. These are so oh good. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I'll tell you what. Let's go have a glass of wine, anonymous she, her. Bring me a hat with kitten ears on it, and I'm all yours.
2: Well, that's all it took. My goodness. I'm,
3: yeah, I'm pretty, pretty. You're pretty I'm easy. Push over. Yeah. There you go. Thank you so much for that submission. All right. Knit me, sew me. I love it. Knitmesowme.com. me.com. Is that, did I get that right? Yes. All yes. right. Excellent. Next up from Aaron, no pronouns. Dear A-G-D-G and Bean Co. I love it. Thanks so much for the wonderful work you do. I've been slowly rebuilding my life after losing my job of 30 years and my marriage of 25. You guys have been adding a lot of fuel in my tank every day when I go to the gym. The good news segments are a really nice touch after each news story to remind us there are glimmers of hope, but we have to work to make our dreams and hopes come true. Figured I'd share my recent rescue buddy. I've never had a pet before. So attached are photos of Mongo. He's been helping me restructure my life. And my daughter absolutely adores him. Just figured I'd say thank you as each day seems to get a little easier. Look at the baby. Beautiful void kitty, by the way.
2: So, so good.
3: Oh, there's a sleepy face. That is a man cat face if I ever saw one. Thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah, Kitty
2: looking up the money. All right. Uh, this was a short one, but I'll take it. This is from Polly pronouns. She and her dear AG and DG. Thank you for all you do, especially DG for being so out and queer. My pleasure, Polly. I don't know how any other way to be anymore. I have no desire to have that guy's mug shot staring at me on a mug. However, my brother has a Trump Pence sign as a doormat.
3: Mm. Hmm. Just a thought. (laughs) Actually, I think what, uh, Pete and I were thinking of doing was shot glasses. Um, you know, for trial, but yeah. we'll see. We'll see what we, we'll see what we decide to do. Uh, anyway, it's, um, it's just fascinating where we are. It, it, first of all, just, you know, as humans in this lifetime, but also as a democracy in this stage of our democracy, it's fascinating. Yeah. All right. And finally from anonymous, no pronouns. Hey, AG and DG, who I think of as my super cool, super smart, informed and informing sisters. I seem to be living with psychic chickens. Okay, this is my new favorite post of the universe. I love this psychic chickens (laughs) idea. Every time Trump is indicted, one or more chickens will show up or near my kitchen the next morning, in or near my kitchen. How do they know the chickens are coming home to roost for the former guy? I don't know, unless they're hearing the Daily Beans when I go out back to water the plants near the coop. This is Freckles in the kitchen on the morning after the former guy was indicted by Jack Smith. Not included is a video of the whole flock marching through the kitchen garden a few hours before the Orange Menace had to turn up for arrest in Atlanta. I expect they may just move into the house if and when the former guy goes to prison. Thanks for all you do for us, uh, both feathered and non feathered. No. <laughs> Look at this psychic chickens in the kitchen. I love it. Indicative of Trump trials and tribulations. Oh, no, th- my goodness. So fantastic. I hope that's real. I hope your chickens are psychic. I really do. I do too. That would make my day. Thanks for all of your good news submissions. Again, if you have anything to send us, you can do it by going to dailybeanspod.com and clicking on contact. Uh, Dana, do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here for the day? No, I do not, other than I want you to feel better, my friend. I sure will. Thank you for that. And I would like everyone my final thought is for everybody to listen to the new episode of the Jack podcast. There was a lot of stuff that happened in the, in the federal investigations into Donald Trump that we missed because all eyes were down on Atlanta watching everybody get booked into the Fulton County Jail. So I want everybody to listen to the Jack podcast so you don't miss anything. And if you haven't subscribed or followed on Apple Podcasts, it's free to do that. And it really helps us out because that is how Apple decides how to chart podcasts and the more subscribers we get then we can beat like Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino and those those are the things that make my let it's those little things Dana that make yeah. my day so Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening to Jack and to Clean Up on Aisle 45. You should just do the same for both shows. Follow them and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Go to different podcast platforms and subscribe from there. It really just helps. It's something small and free that only takes a second that you can do to help me out. I'd appreciate it. Uh, All right. We will be back in your ears tomorrow with more news. Until then, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Vote blue over Q. Take everyone you know with you.